0: All right, here we go, episode thirty. Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dad's podcast, where I talk about a lot of stuff—guy stuff, kid stuff, dad stuff—you know the drill, right? So, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to me. Anyways, I just uh, I just checked my fantasy football out this morning. I don't know if you play or not. I dabble a little bit. Well, apparently, during my draft that we had a while back, I had picked a bunch of players that have the same bye week. So, oops, I guess. Oh, well. Um, It's just a neighborhood league. Not really too crazy. I typically don't really play fantasy. I hardly even really watch football, for that matter. But when a lot of people around you do neighbors, new friends, things like that. I figured it would be a good idea, something to chat about sometime when the conversation turns to sports. But this is fun. 40 bucks to buy in, to play, kind of makes it a little bit more exciting when you have a little skin in the game. I mean, I guess that's what gambling is like. Even though I lived in Vegas for 20 years, I never really got deep into gambling, so I don't really know. But it does make it more fun, I'll say that. Alright, what else is going on? Um, oh, yesterday I brought my daughter, my 7 year old, in for her yearly flu shot. That was uh, fun. It's going to be more fun next week when I bring in my 4 year old. And I think she is really going to freak out. So, we'll see how that goes. But, my older daughter did pretty well. She, uh, she was tough. She was brave. I tried to do the whole explained thing as we're going to the doctor before we get there. It feels like a pinch, it's not a big deal, this is how it works, did all kind of that stuff, and she kind of seemed good with it, well, until we got there, and then she panicked, nothing serious, just a a little scared, Uh, a few big tears, crocodile tears, I guess those are called, why are they called crocodile tears, I don't, I don't know, something with, I don't know, crocodiles crying with eating, I think I heard that somewhere, anyways, um, no, she did pretty good. It's always that build-up, kind of, that they create that is actually worse than what's actually going on the shot. And after it was all said and done, she was like, oh, it wasn't that bad. And then we got ice cream. So, me and her are cool now, right? So, perfect. Kids are tough, though. Um, she's tough. There was, there was one little boy in there, in the room next to us, I believe. He was not having a good time. Like, not at all. Screaming so loud and having a total meltdown I'm assuming over getting a flu shot. He sounded like the age of 5 or 7 somewhere in there and he was he was losing it. Enough to where Olivia looked at me with like this WTF expression on her face and asking me what is going on. So it was, it was awful to listen to, to say the least. He was screaming that he didn't want it. He hated it. He just kept repeating himself, I hate this, I hate this, and yelling a bunch of other stuff. But And it wasn't a fit throw either. You could tell that he sounded legitimately scared. Panic attack. Like, to that level, It was he was freaked out. And I kind of felt for him, because I knew he wasn't just throwing a fit. He was legitimately scared of that needle. These kids don't know any better. They just hear about a doctor. They see a scary needle and they get into that fight or flight mode. They don't know that it's going to help them stay healthy and not get the flu, which Olivia actually didn't get the flu this last year or sick really for the first winter in quite a while, which is really awesome. But they're just too young to really understand what's really going on. Kind of sucks. I don't really have a decent explanation. I'm just talking about what's happening. Um, but once it was over, it was over. Because you heard this kid screaming loud, loud, loud. And then it must have happened. And it was it was done and quiet. And, and that was it. It's just all about that build up. Alright, moving on. This isn't an episode about getting flu shots or vaccines or anything. Don't worry, I'm not going down that road. I actually want to talk about money. Or making it. Or for me... The guy that has no legitimate job, the quote-unquote side hustle. I actually don't really like that term, hustle. I feel like that's very social media. Gotta get that hustle, gotta hustle, gotta grind. You know, I don't, I don't know, I don't talk that way. It's kind of weird for me to say it. So, let's just call it uh, a way to make some extra cash. Which, hey, cash is probably going to be king again, because I heard... There was some law or some government thing where they were monitoring Zelle or Cash App transactions now of 600 bucks. Rumorville? I don't know. I saw that somewhere. But I just think cash is going to get used more and that stuff is going to get used less. But yes, the side hustle, the side gig, the hobby. For me, I guess it would be called a project or projects. I'm into buying broken stuff and fixing it. Since my background is in mechanic work and shop work, it kind of fits, and I enjoy it. So does anybody else do anything as a side gig, or do they have little projects on the side? I tend to have this mindset, since I'm not working, my wife is the breadwinner, that it's kind of her money. And I know that's not right. She always yells at me and tells me not to think that way that we're married, we're a team, but sometimes I feel that way, not bringing anything to the table from a, in, a, in a monetary way, but I don't know. She's right, though. We're together, we're a team, so our money has been combined since we got married, maybe even a little bit before. I actually remember when our money was separate, when we just started living together. We lived in a condo. We both worked, and we just figured out our bills, And I think I actually paid Megan, my wife. She always kind of spearheaded that, um, taking care of that type of stuff. And it's still that way, primarily. But each month, I would just transfer money over to her, and that was that. Didn't really care about what I spent my money on, either. I didn't. We never asked each other what we were spending money on. But once we got married, we had this conversation about, let's just combine our accounts. We are a unit now. We trust each other. We're married. We don't have anything to hide, I guess. And I think honestly, it helped us both save a little bit more money or not spend on ridiculous shit anyways that we probably didn't really need. But before I would see something that I wanted and I would just go buy it. Something moderately expensive. I don't know. I would just buy tools for work or car parts or stuff like that. And I just didn't really care. And she kind of did the same thing. She bought household stuff and clothes and shoes or whatever. But after we combined our accounts, it seemed like we were a little more thoughtful and a little more respectful of the other person, a little less frivolous. And we, like I said, we save some money being combined. And that's a good thing, right? And we both have the same opinions. Things we would have bought before without batting an eye. Now we kind of think about a little bit sometimes realize that we may not really need it and it's not like we ask permission but we do talk about bigger purchases we actually just bought a new dining table just got delivered today actually and we had talked about you know hey let's upgrade this let's have a nice table we've haven't had a nice table since we've lived here in indiana so we're like yeah let's go ahead and buy one so we just kind of talk about it and figure out what we want and run it by the other person and and that's that I actually want to buy some seat belts for my old truck in the garage, but they're like 120 bucks. Hmm. So being me, I probably should run that by my wife, huh? I don't know. We'll wait and see. But I do know a lot of people have separate finances, and if it works for you, then cool. No judgment. I don't really, I don't really care. It doesn't bother me. I just think having them combined is quite a bit easier. Keeps us both kind of in check in a way and then money is not held over anyone's head either like if we had separate accounts right now i'm not making money other than my quote-unquote side hustles right so i would have to ask my wife for cash or permission for everything and that really wouldn't feel great so that would be a little awkward all right so anyways i'll get back on track here so side projects right I've been slowly kind of getting into this. Ever since I moved here and became a stay-at-home dad, I always wanted a kind of a way to pick things up and, and make money. So I've been slowly getting into buying stuff that I think is cool, stuff that I think there might be some money in, whether it's equipment or ATVs or whatever, that's kind of where I've been at. And as long as I don't get too attached to it, so I can sell it. I'm always kind of on Marketplace, Craigslist, looking for things. It's a nice hobby. I try to find stuff that isn't too expensive so my overhead's not too high. If it fails, I'm not out a bunch of money. So last year, I actually came across an old 80s three-wheeler at an online auction. And I liked it. And I did some research. And I found out it was this one-year-only model. It was a Kawasaki. It was, I don't want to say rare, but it was... Not really popular, so I decided to bid on it. Well, I want it for like four hundred bucks, and I wanted to get it for much less than that, but kind of goes back to that gambling thing where you just want to win and it's really easy just to put bids in online and I did that all right, one more bid. I'm just gonna do drop one more, and if this is it, it's it, and Of course, I want it, and now I've got it. Well, I went out and I Picked it up, got it home, and it was kind of a mess. It was all complete, but it was just kind of a mess. You can see pictures on my Instagram if you scroll through there. But I cleaned it up, and I put a little bit of money into it, as little amount as possible anyways. And I played around with it with my kids. I towed them around the yard, and they loved riding on it and all that. But I knew it had to go. I didn't want to fall in love with it because I did like it. And I wanted to start making money. I wanted to start getting this ball rolling of making some money show myself that I could kind of do this well I had about 600 bucks into it total and I listed it on marketplace and Craigslist for two grand and I ended up selling it for 1500 bucks so hell yeah not too bad right that was pretty good money that I just sold this about um, a month or two ago and granted I did sit on it for a little over a year tinkering and fixing little stuff but still I made almost a thousand bucks on it and I had some time wrapped up in it too, but it was fun, and my kids liked it. And I got to make a couple YouTube videos with it, so it was all it was all good in the end. And now that I've sold that, I've actually moved on. I went back on Marketplace, and I found my next project, not as cool, mind you, but I'm going to work on this. I might sell it. I'm not sure yet because I also need it because it's winter time here. And I picked up a non-running snowblower for forty bucks. So yeah, that's pretty awesome. So I'll make some YouTube content with that and tinker with it. And once it's up and running and and all cleaned up, I think I could probably sell it for 200 or 250 bucks. So that's kind of good, right? I know it's not 900 like the the Kawasaki, but making money is making money, right? Shouldn't really matter. And I'd like to keep this kind of going, keep this ball rolling and get into bigger things, get into cars or trucks. I don't know. I'm a diesel mechanic by trade, but trucks are kind of kind of big. I don't really have the space for them. There's a lot more overhead, parts are much more expensive, so I could really lose my ass pretty quick in that aspect. So that's something I'll really have to think about. And I could get back into repairing, you know, customer cars out of my house in my garage or whatever like I used to do in Vegas. But there's some risks there too, so I don't know what I'm going to do. But no risk, no reward, right, that saying? But I do love it though. I think it's my passion. Not necessarily making money part. Everyone loves making money. I mean, That's probably everyone's passion really. But just fixing stuff, making it better, helping people, I just, I really enjoy that. And I'm not sure if I've done a show on here about finding your passion, but you should really try and kind of figure that out whether it's gardening or welding or teaching, I don't know. Just something that you love and enjoy. And I think everyone should take the time, take the time to find what theirs is. And I've heard somewhere, I don't know if it was in a book or if it was on the Corolla podcast, I can't remember, but they were talking about finding your passion and they said it's like asking yourself to write a book about something, a book about anything. And what would that book be about? Now, whatever that book is about is a good indication about what your passion may be. So if it's hunting or fishing or travel or mechanic work, right? You get my point. But passion, hobbies, they're kind of somewhat the same thing. Similar anyways, right? I think it's good to have, have those. A lot of people just work and home, go home and sleep and repeat. Is that really a life? what do you enjoy doing? What are your hobbies? What are your passions? I know people may not have time for them. You're like I said, you're working and you're in that kind of mindset. You're working hours and hours a day and maybe you don't have time to read a book or learn to cook or anything, but well, maybe not. Maybe everyone does have some time. They're just not willing to carve that time out for their passion or their hobby. Maybe I'm just spitballing here. So anyways, I know our kids can be our hobbies, I guess. We probably love being with them, teaching them things, watching them live and experience life, but I think we also need some of our own. And I know each and every one of us will have different things that we like to do, so I'm not saying that my wife is going to like fixing snowblowers in the garage or working on a classic car. I get that, but also passions and hobbies don't need to be that hard. They don't need to make you money either or have some monetary value. Your passion doesn't have to be your side hustle. I mean, it may be good if it is, or you can be passionate about your side hustle. Ugh, I hate saying that. Um, But I'm just using my skill set, which is my hobby, kind of molds into my passion. But for my wife, she likes going for walks and hiking and reading and cooking and travel, stuff like that and there's nothing wrong with those I enjoy those as well alright so if you're a stay-at-home parent like me or someone just looking to make some extra cash there are ways I just saw a clip on social media and it was a guy that had started out flipping couches you may have seen it couches like really flipping selling and buying couches he would buy one for a deal and then he would sell it and make a little bit of money and so on and over and over and over and I guess he was saying that it got really big to where he was coordinating storage and selling and buying and and moving and he owned a ton of couches at one time but he was making pretty good money every month so it is it's doable for sure just really depends on how much effort you want to put in even our old friend Gary V going around garage sales like really I mean he has a phone a few dollars and some ambition to go do some research and go and look and buy stuff. And and he makes a few bucks at that. I mean, not that he needs it, but he's he's really just showing people that it can be done for very little money on your end. Or if you have a truck, you could advertise that you haul stuff for people. Maybe the said couch flipper needs a newly acquired couch to be hauled and moved. I don't know. But it could be something as simple as that, though, too. People always need stuff moved and don't have the means to do it. I even started um, with my YouTube channel. I even started an Amazon associate account this year. A friend actually told me about it, how it works. And a lot of big companies have these associate accounts, so I started one. And I started putting my unique links in my YouTube videos. And then people would watch my YouTube videos and see the things I used in them and they would click on my links and then the links would take them to Amazon and I was making money not a, not a lot of money but it's money and it's essentially free because I'm doing the video and just putting a changing a link in my video and people are clicking on it and I'm making money so it's it's that it's easy well not easy but And I've seen people create their own stores on Amazon too and essentially go around and scour the clearance racks at at big box stores and then buy stuff really cheap and then turn around and sell it on Amazon and make some money that way too. I've seen a lot of those uh, deals on social media. You may have come across them, but that's another avenue that someone could take. There are ways is all I'm saying. And if you have a phone and the ambition, then that's all you really need to to do something I mean even when I started shooting these stupid YouTube videos that I do I started on my cell phone that was that's what I used I still use it even now so it's it's literally right there and pretty much everyone has a phone right and one thing that I never got into but I kinda wanted to get into and I make it sound like I can't get into it anymore but that's the stock market I know some people have that as their passion or their hobby or their side gig I guess all of the above, maybe, but getting into that Robin Hood or E-Trade or something like that, that's one thing I really wish I had spent more time learning about, especially when I was younger. I could still do it today, but that's something else. If you wanted to learn about something, um, verse yourself in that. Understand it. Read about it. Um, Hopefully I'm not making myself sound stupid here, but but yeah, I don't I don't know anything about the stock market. I I have a finance guy who does my retirement for me. And that's it. I don't trade on my own. I don't day trade or whatever it's called. I don't feel confident in that environment to just throw money in there and try to figure out what I'm doing. It's, it feels like another form of gambling to me. And that's another that's another issue that kind of goes along with all of these things I've been talking about is what do we all hear about? We hear about the success stories of the Robin Hood stuff and the, the, the day trading of the GameStop or the guy flipping couches making thousands of dollars a month. Sure, we, we hear about all these success stories. And you know, I know there's tons of people out there that are trying and trying and it's not happening for them. So that's another thing we just have to kind of keep in mind. So yeah, that is my side hustle, so to speak. So we'll see if I can keep it up. And get more active with it and stay on top of it. I can't sit on these things for a year like I did with that little three wheeler, so I will uh, try not to do that. I'll stick with the smaller stuff, stuff that fits in my garage a little easier. I guess, unless I find some smoking deal on a diesel truck that needs some love. And then I will just uh, figure that out, you know? But yeah, when I can do this stuff, sell stuff, and bring in something, some monetary, you know, money, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm at least trying to make money in the mix of taking care of my kids. Plus, it keeps my mind active. I know that sounds kind of like an old person mentality, but it's true. Do you know how easy it is to forget stuff? Try and remember something from a job you had five years ago. Yeah, I'll wait. I bet you can't. Stuff that you used to know right off the tip of your tongue is now hard to come by and that's how I feel with my mechanic work. I've been doing the stay-at-home dad thing for two and a half years now and all this stuff that I've been doing kind of keeps me sharp and it helps me at least retain some of that diagnostic knowledge. So what other gigs should I get involved in? We haven't had a bus driver in my local elementary school for a while now, I keep getting hit up to be a bus driver since I have a commercial license, but I don't know what I would do with my younger daughter if I was out cruising a bus around. And actually the pay is actually pretty good too. Not that I ever thought that I would be a bus driver, and it's not really a passion, but there is opportunity there. What else? Handywork is good, um, seems like people are always wanting a faucet or a ceiling fan installed. If you can do one of those two things, I think you could make money quite easily. We have a little Facebook group for our neighborhood, and there's always people asking on there for help with simple stuff like that, so that's always an option. Not really in my wheelhouse of passion, though, either, but option, yes. Honestly, I would just, I would love to have a little shop or a little building, buy and sell cool old cars and trucks and machinery and fix things and kind of make it kind of cool and sell it and make somebody happy and make a little money. I think that would be pretty awesome. Realistic. I don't know, maybe, passion? Yes, definitely. So, well, that is about all I have for today. So thank you for hanging out with me. Message me on Instagram at Vegas Ramer or on Podbean. Let me know other ways you think uh, we could get a little side cash flowing here or any ideas you've used. So let me know. I think there are plenty of ways if... We want to make it happen, right? They are not going to just fall in our laps. Anyways, please share, review, subscribe. That's always real nice. And catch this podcast on podbean.com, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify. And I will talk to you next week.